there was a human head in his refrigerator. Two plastic bags in the freezer, each containing a human heart, another containing a set of male genitalia, In the bedroom, there was five more skulls. I think that we have an innate kind of need to understand why people are the way they are. And I think when you, when you look at the kinds of crimes that these killers commit, we find it so horrific and so unbelievably unfathomable that we just want to give it a reason. And I think that that's also the frightening thing about these people is that more often than not, they're kind of like, well, that's what the show's about too, is trying to find a why the reason b can we prevent it like what are the antecedents to this and can is there is there a possible way can we predict it also and is there a way that we can potentially help victims get out of it we have none other than nadia arifalina how are you doing nadia i'm doing great how are you great great you just got back from colorado right yes it's it was good it wasn't as cold as i hoped it will be but it was good <laughs> so you like you brought a bunch of jackets and boots hoping there'd be snow and there was nothing i didn't think it's yeah i didn't think it'll be snowy but i wanted to be cold for once <laughs> so it wasn't it's fine very nice I, we didn't do any you know mountains or anything we're just in the convention center mostly but a little disappointed. Sure, I can I can imagine. So, uh, <laughs> but hopefully you got some edibles and and you went on a different mountain. Um, so Nadia, um, we met uh, at a comedy show. I think. You know, we met in Ebor at a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. improv, like the Tampa improv. Yes, it was the open mic. The open mic, which you did not you did not go on the open mic, right? No. 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 Which is our open they mic. Got they got me a spot. Um, I heard that it wasn't that easy to get into that specific night and lineup. Mm -hmm. And somebody just approached me being like, you're sitting here, you wanna go on stage? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I totally understand, it's, it's scary. Um, but I, when I met you, you, I knew you as like, you're like an artist. That's what I knew you as professionally. Mm -hmm. And you're Belarusian and you live in Florida uh, you have another profession we'll get into, but I'm curious, being from Belarus, what's it like living in Florida? Well, I lived in New York first for 10 years, so it's kind of prepped me for everything else, I guess. Um, it's, I mean, living in outside of Belarus in general is very different wherever you are. Mm -hmm. um, living in Florida is, I don't know, Fine. <laughs> I don't see a lot of things that um, I've heard of seeing living in New York about Florida, you know, the Florida man, uh, gators running around <laughs> like in my surroundings, that's not happening, but it's, it's good. It's warm. It's calm, I guess. I still don't drive really. So that's a little, um, it's limits my possibilities here but wherever sure but in 
you have a second line of work. I mean, you have many jobs. You're an artist. You're a, a translator. You're like a Russian Belarusian translator for the courts. Yeah, I'm an interpreter. Interpreter. So are you getting like uh, Russian mob figures? Are you doing the translation in, in the courts? <laughs> Not anymore. Uh, I did. <laughs> I did uh, court interpretation in New York for a little bit. Uh, here I work at home and I do phone and video calls. It's mostly medical now. Um, it's medical, it's um, banks and social security. So what's a distinctly uh, Russian kind of crime? Um, shoplifting. Shoplifting? Yeah. Shoplifting. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what all girls do. But yeah. Like, is well, it like <laughs> the the cabal, like a like a like a heist, like a Ocean's Eleven, like sort of shoplifting, <laughs> or literally just someone putting meat in their jacket? Just putting, yeah, meat in the jacket. I mean, I remember my now it makes sense. My little cousin, he was when he was a child, he was stealing a lot. And they would just have this boxy uh, pants, like cargo pants and boxy shirts. And this will be fully, it's fully uh, stocked with just snacks and things. Uh, mm -hmm. in, uh, in the Brooklyn criminal court, I mostly seen, yes, just uh, shoplifters, just people stealing little things for food. Really? So why aren't the Korean grocers stopping the Russian people in there? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Very good. That was a uh, a um, a reference to uh, a movie in the '90s. Hurry up and buy. Okay. That's no, don't don't bother. I will not know. <laughs> No worries, no worries. All, yeah. all, all of our listeners will know all of uh, Chris's very obscure references, though. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. be a menace. Don't be a menace, menace yeah. to society. But you have a third job. You're like a, you have a, you have a background in psychology and profiling? Yes, I have a master's degrees in forensic psychology. So profiling, haven't done that a lot in the field actually, because profilers is a very, it's separate, very, uh, it's very hard field uh, that I don't just, I just don't have enough training in, but definitely done some of it. And I worked with uh, severely mentally ill um, criminals, let's say that, or convicts um, at rehabs or at traditional housings, jails, um, so I've seen a lot of that. What's what's the typical sort of like pay, you call them patients? What do you call them? Clients? Yeah, uh, client most of the time. What's the most like um, benign crime you've had for a patient? What's the most uh, egregious? And then what's the most common in Florida? Like, I guess, what are the three? Uh, we... Um, Mm. I personally, my personal client was a pedophile and he did kill a child. Jesus. Um, yes. <laughs> and um, the least, um, 
I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of just uh, fights, you know, just a lot of ag- aggressive people who just <laughs> get arrested. Florida for- has a lot of aggressive people. So Russians like to steal. Floridians like to fight. Fight. Um, <laughs> I, like, all right. So this is like the Halloween, you know, the goal was to have a Halloween episode to mm-hmm. sort of deal with the worst of human nature. I mean, how do you, how do you? That's not Halloween though. I feel like you're really don't you don't have to jam this in there. This is uh, we're, we're talking about uh, you know serial killers, which is scary. Yeah. It's scary. But serial killers are are you know a year round. It's not seasonal, yeah, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, it's not the purge, right? <laughs> they don't just show right. up one day. Um, so like uh, that's terrifying to me. Like like being in the same room with a guy who is a pedophile who also killed a child. Like obviously you're professional, mm-hmm. but like what's that? work even like like how do you approach that work mentally and also professionally uh you will always be biased i don't i know there are this uh people in on cv in the shows where they don't care you know and they just go for it and they are bad copying the shit out of the pedophile you will always be biased you will always um have that in mind of the picture in mind of what has been done by this person. It's hard to, at least for me, it was hard to help uh, because I kind of just, I don't want to, you know, I don't feel like I should spend my time uh, helping this person, but that's my job. So, um, so you, you just do your job. I guess you're not excusing anything. You're not justifying anything that he's done. You just do what has to be done to maybe hopefully prevent uh, him from well, doing it again. I'm so, you know, I'm so unclear can, on exactly what, like, yeah. what is your job? What, is the, you what are the details so, of your job? So for example, well, I've been doing, working with the, this population in different fields. So, the guy, uh, this client that I had, it was when I was working as a case manager at traditional housing. So people who are released from jails uh, or mental health institutions, they are not ready to leave in the society, either because they still have a lot of work to go through to just regulate their behavior yeah the killing of the kids behavior you gotta regulate like that um or they just even not stable enough to remember to take their mats or to go to the appointment so they leave in the transitional uh housing places uh where there is the workers in this house in this leave not leave work in their house and we remind them to take their mats we control that uh we have a therapy one-on-one and group sessions with them how to not rape you know <laughs> or if, if if you're really itching like what but this what, is the real this is the we... rape culture this is the real rape culture these are the guys <laughs> like what, what we can actually do Jesus yeah Christ. yeah what how, how do you well, i'm curious what like the the pamphlet for not raping looks like <laughs> i'll send it one to you i don't mean i don't need <laughs> it i'm not saying i need it i just want to know <laughs> like 
I mean, it's obviously just like, yeah, I, the first line is like, just don't, don't, don't do it. Right. No. Yeah. But like how yeah. someone who's pathologically a rapist, like, is there a way of like snapping them out of that? Is that kind of what the, the program does? Yes, there is a way to snap them out of it because there is, um, there's us, the most insane looking uh, criminals, they most of the time are not insane, meaning they know, they understand bad from good. They understand that they're not supposed to be doing something. They just choose to do it. And it's the truth. It's, again, it's not us, um, black and white or just like I couldn't stop myself you could you just chose not to fuck off and you go through the therapy and you go through training that literally just talks about if I feel angry what do I do it's so basic things like do I punch a man or do I breathe and uh, count to 10 you know or do I drink (laughs) about it or do I talk about it exactly but it's it is like that but jesus christ aggression sessions are actually my favorite ones because they are so they seem so basic and so Mm -hmm. easy because come on just don't hit the guy but you see how those men mostly men in my uh, practices they don't know they or they're shocked when they say or how could you rephrase that? You know, like, fuck you, bitch. How would you, how would you rephrase that? And they have no idea, hmm. you know, and, and I give them, I give them an idea, you know, being like, I don't need to talk to you right now. I don't want to talk to you. They're like, oh shit. And they're writing it down. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious. And like, I have two questions and hearing what you have to say, like, are they remorseful? Like some of them. And also how much of it do you think it's, attributed to like nature versus nurture like they there's something maybe psychologically wrong with them in terms of like their the physiology of their brain versus they came from really horrific backgrounds and maybe some some of them were violated in the worst way and they're just repeating the cycle a remorse is very personal uh i wouldn't buy into it uh immediately if my client says yes i've done it but i'm so sorry uh fuck fuck you (laughs) like no um but i'm sure they are uh truly remorseful people i'm sure i just don't believe i've met one uh and with the nurture and nature it depends on what you're looking at like you said that just deeply traumatized person who just repeated uh the cycle circle you still that is that could be the case but you can snap out of the circle cycle forever um, with help, but you can. Um, and there are people who are born. We now know that psychopathy is you're born with it. It's just something that is uh, your amygdala, the part that is um, its response for your emotional kind of response and empathy. Um, and memory most of the time. So you can remember something and have emotional response to it. Sure. That thing is underdeveloped in psychopaths. Uh, so you are born that way, but also your, how you were 
how did you grow up and in which bubble you are will dip, will affect of how you act on that lack of empathy mm-hmm. you know we heard that most people this the most rich richest people on wall street they are all psychopaths because they don't care who they lie to or what they do to get to their goal and that could be true <laughs> you know but it's just how they just were raised differently maybe that's interesting you know, I, I, have you, i've never not only think about it like i asked myself I'm curious what you two think. Have you ever met a real psychopath like outside of your work or even you, Isaac? Like, like I feel like if I've met someone who's a compulsive liar, I don't know it because I kind of believe a lot of what people say. Um, but like, yeah, have I ever like these pe- the people who are your clients? I imagine they're not, they're all they don't all look like Nick Nolte's mugshot photo. You know what I mean? Like they're you know good looking Patrick Bateman, Christian Bale looking guys you know, Ted Bundy was a decent looking guy and he was a psychopath, right? I don't, I don't see it. I don't, so I don't think he's that handsome. I don't don't understand the appeal. Well, women, (laughs) I don't think he's that looking guy, but the media, right. They sort of portrayed him as like decent looking guy. Who's an attorney defending himself. Like who's that guy? I'll tell you about a psychopath I met and I felt it. Um, I met Ted Cruz uh, at an event uh and i got in the vip line to go take a uh a photo with him and my plan was to like fuck around with him or the photo like i was like oh maybe i'll do like bunny ears or you know i'm just gonna like goof around and try and embarrass the guy and he was just like shy of six feet so i was a little bit taller than him uh but he looked up at me just barely when he grabbed my hand he's like hey what's your name son and I had, I was terrified. Like he just oozed this kind of um, just psychopathic ambition where I, I saw him and I was like, you will do anything to move up in this world. And that was like, uh, it, it was sociopathic energy for me. Mm-hmm. And it, I, it, it, you, you can see the picture of me standing next to him. I'm like, I'm stiff as a board standing like this. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. I gotta get out of here. Like that was the, the feeling I had. Uh, and that's who sticks out for me, like meeting somebody whose uh, brain is wired a little differently. Yeah, but don't we kind of excuse in society, like, you know, what's inexcusable is a psychopath to kill somebody, right? Unless you're like maybe a soldier or someone defending your country's va- values. I mean, even then, that can get kind of gray. Yeah, the guys, the, the Vietnam soldiers who like strung the ears of their. Uh, their victims around their neck that was my line mask <laughs> yeah yeah that was just totally well, they weren't stuff, defending right? they weren't defending uh, our values in any capacity and they were we, never defending our values don't get me started chris <laughs> um, um hey, hey this is coming from a guy who got you know cambodia got bombed by kissinger and nixon so those were two psychopaths as well you know my family sure by that but uh but yeah i mean you talk about like public psychopaths I know that like Dahmer movie just recently came out, the, the the miniseries, right? And like, I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, Netflix and uh, Ryan Murphy are glorifying Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't think so. Cause like the very end, spoiler alert, Jeffrey Dahmer, who, if you guys aren't aware listeners, he was a, any Zoomers, <laughs> a, a serial killer who was a, a cannibal. 
he he dies a horrible uh the wage of his sin is death at the very end and they show you explicitly him dying and if anything it's it's a morality tale i think in some ways right but guess also who died in that movie 17 fucking kids and men well in the movie not in, in the, yeah in, in real life as yeah, well. In real life. In real life. Yes. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. and so is the fact that he died now, what it does it do? Like, I don't think what people talking about the that Netflix or media glamorizes serial killers is not I don't think they mean that they kind of work as an advertisement for serial killers, like just like be one of us. But it's still that it feels that interest that is very unhealthy. It's the romantic interest. It's there is a thirst traps with Jeffrey Dahmer and mm. other people, you know. That's not, I wonder how many people are going to be dressed up like Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. Well, there are already people doing it. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have this guy, what is ah actually, yeah, it was uh Banzi to his court hearings, women were dressed up as his victims to impress the dude. And like how it just minimized and normalized whatever the fuck he's doing and imagine families of those dead women in the courtroom that looking at women fucking using their children, yeah. dad's children's look as a costume. Like, no, but those are like the women you want to swipe right on Tinder. Then you're like, ooh, she's a psychopath too. So you hit left. You know what I mean? Those women are already you, you swipe right on those, Chris, don't lie. I, do, I don't even have Tinder, all right? You know? Okay. But uh, I have one, once or twice been like, hey, you want to go get ice cream? And then uh, they're like, no, I want to do something darker. I'm like, oh, I want to do ice cream. Um, but yeah, well, uh, it, I, the thing about this it being some morality tale i don't think there was any question of the morality of Dahmer, right i mean there's no gray area there so what what purpose does netflix uh, the netflix series serve beyond just like entertainment right entertainment well, I, okay it's not educational but really you go, on, you go sadly it, you, you go on a podcast right you can see more podcasts than i do isaac um but I, when I was in San Francisco, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to listen to some podcasts. I caught up on someone you sent me. And all the top podcasts, like literally the top 25 are crime podcasts. Right. Which are weirdly enough, mostly consumed by women, statistically speaking. Yes. You know? And uh, I don't know. What does that say? Like, you know, obviously Netflix is just jumping on the bandwagon of we need to make content. Ryan Murphy has been making horror content for the past long while from and ryan murphy's the director of director of Don. i mean outside of glee he made nip tuck with that which had horror elements and there was a serial killer in nip tuck called the carver i actually used to watch that when i was in high school and then all the american horror stories and i also think right now horror is back in you look at the top films recently barbarian halloween like you know um i don't know i know cinematically horror always comes happens during politically ambiguous times like in the 1970s when halloween was out that was you know right off the heels of like the vietnam era not in living dead was around the civil rights era i i wonder what this i wonder if Dahmer's is trying to say there's true evil out there and we forget that 
there's actual true evil out there. And we forget that, right? Nadia. But <laughs> what Dahmer says is there is a true evil out there somewhere, but don't worry, that will true evil, it will die at the end. And also it's hot and it's charismatic. Just look at it, you know, like, I think that like there is no, there is never even the language that they use. You mentioned the first and only thing that you said about Bunzi is I heard he was a good looking, you know, you don't, the language that we use here uh, in the movies, in the conversations about fucking monsters is he was charismatic. That's he was manipulative. Wolf he manipulates. Wolf he doesn't... clothing, right? Like, you look at a guy like Shia LaBeouf, right? Charismatic guy. I mean, he's not a murderer, obviously, but like charismatic guy. But the guy's choking women. He's beating women up. And um, you look at a guy like Ezra Miller, good looking guy. P you know, people give him excuse, but he's out there assaulting women. He's, you know, had, like, uh, Chris, Chris, minors. I got I to correct you here. They, them. Ezra Miller's <laughs> they, them. They, them. These... The Flash is out there. The Flash <laughs> is out there assaulting women, young minors and shit. Um, and I guess the reason why, like, yes, wolves in sheep's clothing, right? Like, not all psychopaths look like, um, you know, I like Nick Nolte, but they all don't look like Nick Nolte in his mugshot photo. You know what I'm saying? Well, what's your point? I'm, I'm confused. I, well, I, I don't even know anymore. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't know what we're not even disagreeing on anything. I guess I don't know. Well, mm -hmm. pick a position, make it entertaining for our audience here. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta have some conflict. Chris, you're wrong. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I think uh, you know, serial killers, uh, psychopaths. Like, what if we had a day where all of them just sort of like came out for a day? Like, hey, you know, I'm a serial killer. Like, uh, I'm a, I'm a psychopath. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, well, let's let's focus things down uh, to the Florida element here. Uh, Ted Bundy, yeah, uh, wasn't the first serial killer, uh, but I think he, from what I gather, he was the first serial killer to become a kind of uh, TV celebrity, right? He, Manson definitely. Um, captured the the nation right but ted bundy like the court tv like it, it seemed to introduce like a new like a new kind of like true crime genre to uh american news um so nadia i don't know how much do you know about ted bundy i what do you what you wanted to say enough i guess well yeah for our audience who doesn't know can you give us a quick rundown on who Ted Bundy was? Uh, I'm biased here, but he's the man who killed a lot of women. Uh, How many? Raped. Uh, there are a good question, but I think they are in 20s. Yeah, he, I can, he was I can a look it up. Former, he was a former attorney who killed women all throughout the country. Uh, but he got caught in Tallahassee. And the reason why they couldn't catch him is because this was during a time when police were not sharing information state to state. 
So if someone killed someone, in, if they had a, a, a body in like Colorado and there was similar MO in Florida, they were never communicating. And they didn't really catch them until they actually started communicating. It's like, oh, wait, you have a body that looks like this. We have a body that looks like that. And um, yeah, when they caught him, it was because of a taillight. And he, there was at FSU, there was a sorority house. It was his last murder where he went in and just, I mean, he sadly just uh, did horrible things in the sorority house. And actually tore, I think, believe they tore down the sorority house. They demolished it and... I think they built something else there in its place. But what was wild about the guy was he was trained as an attorney, so he defended himself in court, which... Well, we, he did a shitty fucking job, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't a good one. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, just, just, yeah go on. But he sparked a lot of interest from the media, obviously, and from women around the world. There were groupies that were coming to uh, the court, just how I already mentioned, women dressing up uh, like his victims. Uh, I'm, I am going to their monetization of serial killers. There's no way around it. Uh, he got married uh, while on trial. He got married to one of his fangirls uh, in court. Yes, they had a child. Uh, so... What? Yes, so no one, like, so he had a child with, so... He had a conjugal visit. He had a conjugal visit, which she wasn't allowed. But she, I think she showed up to court pregnant. And supposedly he has a child, but to this day, no one knows who the child is. And when that- Chris, when were you born? When I was born? (laughs) When were you born? (laughs) Yes, Ted Bundy liked black Asian women. (laughs) They had Asian women. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Like, you know, you know, they had that double movie. They had the Zac Efron movie where he played Ted Bundy, which was crazy because Zac Efron had his um, he had his Baywatch body in Ted Bundy. <laughs> so he had like a six pack and he's just like, it's almost cartoonish. Like, come on, he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock is going to be fucking, I don't know, John Wayne Gacy in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna be like, I'm, I'm motivated to kill, you know, just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was, it was a yeah. There was a I mean, at FSU. There was an archive of all the evidence from the case, and they have it in the FSU library, and you can like read it. And there's like tapes and things like that. Now he, obviously, you work with people like this, so like, what excuses? Do you feel they they would say because Ted Bundy, he was just a um, a false. He would always give false reasons and motivations. He was a the guy was a compulsive liar, and he'd say uh, I had a good upbringing, but I, I was obsessed with pornography. That's what got me. Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like, it would be power. And then he'd have all these reasons. I think all of these things is what creates a guy like this. Like, yeah, on top, you know being psycho in the head you know having obsession with some morbid imagery p- uh, power um probably uh, you know uh probably not knowing how to meditate that probably hurt him a lot um you know i think if you got him a yoga mat would ted bundy be the man that we know him to be like if if he took a trip to india like the beatles i think maybe things would have changed for that guy you know 
Um, I mean, yeah, if he if he just took some not acid, wrong. if he took some acid, he would uh, be fine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, we're, we're gonna get into we're gonna wrong. get into my, yeah. my favorite no, like acid and stuff in a minute. But he'd be okay. an MLM guy. He would become an LMS guy in like Miami. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, but in your experience, what excuses do you feel like those guys gave that your clients? A lot of people uh, just say what you uh, how you mentioned what you they think you want to hear because part of sociopathy, psychopathy, you don't fucking know what to say because you don't feel that. So you're like, how, what do I think you want to hear? What do I think will make you understand me and be, you know, maybe excuse me? Mm -hmm. So if it's, if porn is something that was talked about at that time, sure it would be porn it would be computer games for all they care yeah you know like oh i just play too many pac-man uh, i want to eat graphic people. yeah yeah just eat good man um power my mommy hurt me you know and i was killing every woman who reminded me of mm-hmm. her uh, just to hurt her back because but but i but i love my mommy i would never hurt her so i just had to kill other women like like no but that's a good that's one the power uh, a lot of them I was com- uh, surprised to see how in, during the profiling how law how many of those murders and killings are actually sexually motivated when it doesn't really look it even you know something will be there is no rape there is you know the body is not undressed or anything but that is just the arousal the person gets uh, from uh, killing or from burning down the building. Burning down a building? Like arsonist? Oh, yeah. People get, people get hard on that really? <laughs> from that. And then the coming back to the scenes to masturbate, it's-, it's Over the ashes? It was, <laughs> th- there, is, there is a whole book, Sexual uh, Murder. It's a textbook and uh, it's huge. And it just teaches you to profile uh, motivation and uh, the person who might have committed the crime based on wherever evidence you see on the floor. And all of them are sexually motivated. And it became annoying to me. You know, it's always like... So like in literature, there was a time where there was always homosexual subtext in literature. Like every story has homosexual subtext. Some profilers, like everything is sexual. Like that was the- Like Freud, but I guess more, I think they actually onto something. They, they actually are right. So shoplifters stealing meat from the, I thought it was sexual. I mean, I mean stealing, can, me. yeah, stealing is exciting, you know, it could be, yeah. you could you get arousal from that, sure. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, you're bringing something home and your wife will be so thankful and it arouses you. So I don't know. <laughs> hey, baby, just stole a bunch of fucking Kendall Jenner makeup, baby. Let's fuck on the makeup. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, but a guy is not going to be able to steal from uh, Sephora as easily. <laughs> like, you got to be a girl in there doing it. That's it's too obvious. Like, what's a, what's a, if, if they saw Chris, if they saw you in there, you get busted, man. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> hey, how dare um, you assume my gender? <laughs> well, <laughs> cut that out. That was really bad. Man. You're gonna you're editing this one, not me. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> uh, 
so the other thing it is it is interesting uh the way we've kind of tried to figure out the motivations of serial killers uh and it does seem like we have largely settled settled on some sort of like psychosexual like underpinnings right however and this is where we're going to find a nice union here because while women tend to be inclined to uh, be interested in true crime men i'm a man are really into conspiracy theories right i think there's like a gender divide there <laughs> so we're finding a perfect union here there's our great conspiracy theories surrounding serial killers and their motivations are you familiar with the book program to kill no uh well it's a book i can't say i can't speak to its uh journalistic integrity but there are some interesting points they make but they point out the bizarre connections between a lot of serial killers uh in the 60s and 70s which is where like that was like the height of serial killers right we don't have as many now or at least like they're not as popular now. We keep revisiting like mm-hmm. these old 70s, 80s era serial killers. Uh, there was the CIA mind control program called MK Ultra. You're familiar with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And so there are a lot, there's a lot of, there is evidence, some compelling evidence of the connect of connections between serial killers and MK Ultra. I think the most convincing one is uh, Charles Manson. Uh, Tom O'Neill wrote that book, Chaos that blew apart the whole helter-skelter theory and showed that Manson was developed by uh, certain intelligence uh, uh, programs. So have, what are your thoughts on that? I don't yeah. have any. Can you profile Isaac real quick? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have not heard about that, so... I mean, well, you could. Hey, the CIA loves hiring very highly intelligent uh, polygot serial killers, right? I mean, what what is a spy? What is a spy? Uh, but someone who's supposed to go in there clandestinely, uh, manipulate people, and maybe influence other people to kill um, a prime minister or something like that. Like, well, I think it's interesting to consider. Uh, another explanation for serial killer behavior. Cause it is kind of curious that it seems to have kind of tailed yeah, off. Yeah, but right? serial killers like, predate, you know, MK ultra and the CIA, you have Jack the Ripper, you have the black Dahlia, like, you know, um, I feel like also we have a, a very Western centric perception of serial killers. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, well, who's that guy the, the, the data, the data shows, the data shows that while the United States is 5% of the population, the designated serial killers, like we have something like 67% of them. Like in the so, world? Maybe they are getting better. Maybe they're getting better. I mean, I feel like it's it's probably harder to get away with it now, considering like the surveillance oh. technology that we have available. But your status, yeah. how high up you are in the world now um, matters a lot. You know, maybe King's previously that would kill so so many people uh, just for fun of it would be considered a serial killer now but just because who they are sure. yeah yeah well, and now, so now you yeah well we have like different serial killers now we have the active shooter 
that's what we have that, that doesn't like count that's not that doesn't qualify as a serial killer How, why not because it's that's in one event a serial killer has to be done over separate periods of time so if they're a mass killer multiple times, then you they could qualify as a serial killer. But otherwise, no, they're just it's just a mass shooting event. I know that in, in even there's no, no. even separation between serial killer and a spree killer. Spree killer can kill at multiple locations, but there is no similar motivation. There is pretty it's spree kill is pretty much fuck off, I kill you, or I need to get a car or something. There is no that the motive that we all so excited like, about like the dc sniper would be considered somewhere between a spree killer and a serial killer i don't know <laughs> remember the dc sniper they would no they, would, they had a sniper rifle <laughs> in the back of a blue caprice oh okay. and they were over the course of like multiple months they were killing people while being clandestinely like stationed inside a car and uh yeah that seems like it would qualify as a serial killer i mean that's the thing is it's not scientific right like it's an attempt at some sort of scientific classification but they're, they're made up terms right like it's it's like all it's like all taxonomy it's it's not i mean yeah serial killer perfect. as a term just came out just recently semi-recently mm-hmm. even just as a term and then it didn't work out well for a long time and then finally, we started using it. Um, now but I like to, I, I like to think about how, whether a serial killer is something that comes up naturally as a, as a sort of outgrowth of modern society, or as something a bit more sinister, something that uh, the government, the powers that be can use to kind of manipulate public sentiment. Like what, what Manson did was Manson just completely killed like the counterculture movement, right? Here was a hippie who took acid, lived in a commune, free love, uh, and look at what these hippies will turn into, these monsters. And I think that each serial killer can kind of serve that, a, a certain kind of like social purpose for the media to manipulate, to stir up certain feelings about other people. I think with serial killers, like you were saying, Chris, if they're good looking, it's like, who can you trust? Like, you, you don't know what they look like. They're, they're hidden amongst us. You know, it, it creates a, a deep level of paranoia and fear. And I think that through paranoia and fear, people are much more easily controlled. And I think now to what you're saying, maybe going back to romanticization and normalization of serial killers now that we've seen so much just recently, Maybe there is the idea or reason why someone wants us to feel actually empathetic, attracted um, to monsters like that, to normalize it. Mm -hmm. We watch uh, true crime shows. We wish it would be more gory. We wish it would be more, you know, like now it's not enough. Now uh, Dahmer is not that bad, you know, so maybe just uh, make conditioning people into looking at the monsters as they are through the lens of this false empathy and understanding and thinking we can fix them, you know, and wanting to fix them. 
saying how it's something might create one serial killer can be used to create hate toward one, like he is, you know, uh, toward one class. Now it just feels that they're doing the opposite, making us love that, the idea. I mean, I, I personally want to, as, as someone who wants uh, criminal justice reform, like I want to abolish prisons. I want to abolish the death penalty. I do wonder how we find where we where we what we do with these kinds of people, right? So I'm not opposed to trying to find ways of like humanizing evil people because I think we have to. I, I think that there has to be some level of understanding. Um, but I do wonder if there is, like you were saying, something a little more sinister behind it. Like what is what is it at stake here? Like you were saying earlier, Nadia, that what you found interesting was so long as it's not the per, uh, so long as the victims aren't don't look like you, it's easier to to watch it. Yeah. So can yes. can you uh, the audience wasn't listening to us when you were talking about that? Would you would you tell us your? Uh... Yeah, it was an interesting thing that I uh, noticed that. Again, how I already mentioned that people with Dahmer, with the last, this Netflix show, the one that just came out, uh, a lot of women mostly uh, voiced their opinion that they wish that the scenes for the actual murder, for actual crime, were a little bit more, there was, would be more show, more blood, more torture, uh, because they just think that it wasn't enough. It wasn't scary enough. Um, but the way to look at it is um, what, how I look at it, that these women think this way also because they Dahmer killed young men, mostly black. And the women who um, complain about it not being gory enough are mostly white women. They don't have, they think they have so much empathy too for the uh, criminal, but they lacking clearly empathy to the victims. Yes. Uh, if they were to see young white women being tortured, you know, they might go on the streets and say, how are we so blind to the criminals like that, to the crime that happens to us? But when they see black men dying on the screen, mm -hmm. they're like, Chris, you could, you look like you could be a Dahmer victim, actually. I have been known to go to a gay bar too and uh, just indiscriminately drink a drink given by a stranger. Um, but with that said, I think the movie is kind of important because it's is it no accident that the movie's on the heels of you know Black Lives Matter and this movie talks about essentially a climate where all these black men, men of color, one guy was Asian, one child was Asian, a minor was murdered. A black woman who was a protagonist in the film multiple times told the authorities and, and people in your community, like there's something going on here, please listen. Everything fell on deaf ears. Um, and in fact, Jeffrey Dahmer, you could argue was using his whiteness as a way to like get past the police on multiple occasions. And it wasn't until after, you know, 10 plus men were murdered and dismembered well, and that, I, that finally justice happened. Like they, you know. they actually did a disservice. The, the TV show does a disservice, uh, I think, to 
the truth of Jeffrey Dahmer uh, and what happened there. Uh, they actually let the cops off on a, on the hook in a big way. The scene where uh, Dahmer's black neighbor, who's an amalgamation of like multiple characters, um, the police, the way that they talk to her, they threatened to arrest her when she was trying to get them to take this to, to take this boy away from Jeffrey Dahmer. And the whole history of those two cops is really interesting. They were suspended, but then reinstated. And one of the cops actually became the police union president. He was completely rewarded for his bad behavior. Uh, they, they, I think, the depiction of the cops in that TV show really lets them off the hook for how bad they actually were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know, with a, a few, you know, um, it would have been nice what was what was it what was i can't remember what was the uh netflix series about the central park five wasn't it just that uh, called central park five it wasn't that was the ken burns no, i think it was like now you hear us or something now like, they see us or something like that now they see us yeah and like you had a similar incident with the prosecutor you know even after you know sort of in some ways um realizing that she, what she did was wrong and that she sent these boys to prison falsely she dug her her heels in and she showed no remorse for what happened um yeah i mean you could have had like a few more episodes or even a part two about the the fallout and the the incompetence of the criminal justice system but i guess isn't that what this conversation is about like we get to have this conversation right but why it is definitely like it's easy to use whiteness uh when uh you're trying to kill someone and um, police will be, especially uh, a couple of years ago, will believe, obviously, they would believe Dahmer, white blonde dude over uh, black lady, you know, or an Asian child. And I'm not trying, I really hope it doesn't sound bad what I'm about to say, but we mostly know white serial killers and that could be because there, there, there would be more like black serial killers. They just get arrested yeah. very quickly. Yeah. And they cannot use their, uh, their skin to excuse themselves and be like, of course, it's not me. Why would you even think it's me? You know, they just get arrested after first or they can get arrested for fucking nothing for smoking weed. And then they're like, shit, I was about to kill the guy. But I will but, say the Grim Sleeper, the Grim Sleeper was a black guy and he killed for like decades. So, you know, uh, he didn't. Yeah, make yeah I'm not saying it's impossible. <laughs> not saying it's impossible, but. That'll be interesting. Like, has there, you know, all these white actors get awards and accolades for playing serial killers like Anthony Hopkins, you know, Hannibal Lecter. Uh, what's this actor's name? Who just Evan Peters for for. Um, Jeffrey Dahmer, Kevin Spacey for the killer in um, in Seven. I, I imagine in the diversity Hollywood Olympics, there's no black actor like I want to play the first black killer. <laughs> I want an Academy Award. Like we're like, nah, we're good. We'll, we'll take Hawkman in the new in the new Black Adam movie. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting you know we had denzel play alonzo in training day he's a, a black bad guy gotta get an award yeah maybe uh maybe we'll get don Cheadle to play the grim sleeper we'll see <laughs> yeah and wh- whoever played um 
the stalker in you, in the TV show you, he uh, became the sex symbol of wherever of America. He can stalk me any like, day. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, yeah, and yeah. that is my fucking problem. Yes. I know people making Instagram thirst thirst posts about him and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No. No, and I did not want to watch uh, when I saw Dahmer coming out. I really did not want to watch it um, because of that. I just can't stand that. How many, how many, how you mentioned sexy Dahmers are going to happen on uh, during Halloween parties? Like, I, <laughs> this bothers me so much. Yeah, that's wild too. Because, you know, everyone, <laughs> everyone has, everyone like, some people score and have sex on Halloween. Like, you want to have sex with a guy dressed as Jeffrey Dahmer? People will want to. Honestly, if you want to get yes. laid, you should dress like Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, Jesus. And go to a gay club. <laughs> um, or, are, well, that's the thing. I, are gay guys into Dahmer? Is that a thing? I, it seems like white. It seems like women are the ones who are making yeah, the post, I, yeah. but I, I don't know. Yeah. Which I is, think it's normal. He was gay, me. ladies. He would never want to kill you. Let's just be real. <laughs> <laughs> Give some to us. Um, yeah, that's that's wild. Like, uh, I'm curious. When you were with your clients, did you ever think they might try to kill you? Like, do you ever have that thought? Like, to be such in close close proximity to one of those people. Like, this thing. I think when we live our lives, we think about getting dying. You know, car accident, uh, not waking up. If you do recreational drugs, accidental overdose. Those are things you think about. I don't think anyone ever thinks about getting murdered. That's like, that's, I never think about going out that way. Yeah. Um, some clients get aggressive. Um, they are, when they use, keep their mats, um, they use, uh, effective or, uh, acutely schizophrenic. They are hearing voices as you're talking to them. Uh, one guy, I never feared. I always cautious, always, you know, watching the person sitting in front of me. Um, they kind of, they liked me a lot there. Um, I would be the <laughs> least one, like the least likely one to be killed by them. They fucking love me. I made you but... <laughs> origami swan. <laughs> I mean, no shit. I have some origami in my class. You have, you have serial <laughs> killer memorabilia. <laughs> they, brought, your... they brought me food and like I had a flower on my desk. It's, it was great. You're but the thing is, one, like, one guy got really aggressive um, and he started losing it. I, I became a spy in his eyes immediately. I'm wired. Uh, I'm asking the questions only because somebody's listening and, you know, I'm acting as a spy. And I remember just going into my office and like, this guy needs to be arrested now. And unfortunately, that's what we have. We arrest uh, mentally ill instead of giving them actual mental help, help in the hospitals. So he needs to be arrested right now. And I see the lights, cops come in. They asked me to, you know, uh, escort them to him. He got in fight immediately. Um, but yes, unfortunately, getting them out of the streets uh, is how 
at least America does it, is putting them to jail and not medicating them, not um, diagnosing them correctly. Uh, there are so many bipolars and schizophrenics that are not actually, it's just a very easy uh, diagnosis to throw at someone and drug them until they just vegetables. Hmm. Um, like there is this guy, I forgot, I, I'm so bad with names, but this is the guy who pushed the woman at an L train in New York, mm-hmm. uh, killed her. He killed her and his first and only words were, I'm mentally ill, bring me to the hospital. Jesus. The only way for him to get on his mats and get help was to kill someone, to finally fucking make people hear. You know, and he has abnormal, like you would never finish reading his case um, of just coming in and out, in and out of the system. Um, but that's what we do to mentally ill. We just, we, we just rotate them and wait until they do something so we can just arrest them and send back. And, and they do do something to get arrested. You know, and that's to get some, yeah. Is is there something uh, particular about Florida's system? Um, I mean, what what in what ways can Florida can improve its ability to deal with these types of people? I haven't worked enough in Florida. I am here for a couple of months, um, but in general, what I see is just that: is that um, the mental health institution as it's as itself in America barely exists and so you we help as much as we can when you finally make it to us but that's a long and very almost impossible trip the, the way that you have to go you know like the guys that I help they already coming to me from jails you know, you, I, I don't see it possible for someone to come in and say, hey, I'm hearing the voices, help me. Because it's either going to be impossible because they don't have health insurance that will cover that, or they will be either considered that, you know, high or intoxicated, just get arrested. Sure. Like yeah. I know many guys who would would have to just go get arrested to get meds. Mm-hmm. That's wild, and that's uh, I mean that's quite an indictment on the healthcare system in Florida, the United States at large. Not all people who are mentally ill will kill someone. I think you know that's like um, a stereotype trope, but you know. Um, you know, imagine if you have someone who, a child in a school who has come from a traumatic background and their pathology and their environment could lead them into a direction where they could harm other people. If you had, you know, the healthcare resources at a young age, you could help these children in, in some capacity, right? Like, um, you know, and, and going back to what Isaac said, you know, there could be a a governmental CIA element to the birth of serial killers, but is serial killing or people who commit mass murder or murder in the horrific way, is that 
just a spawn of uh, poor government and poor welfare of, of its citizens, maybe a little bit, you know? Yeah, the prevention isn't nearly, it's almost doesn't exist, the preventative uh, mental health uh, care, you know, just before you are sick, you know? Uh, in Belarus, we have the same with police, they pretty much say, what well, will you die, you come. When, when he kills you, you come, you know, because and it's, it's literally like you, you are dealing with the abuser, you go in through something, they say, well, but he didn't, you know, he's about to kill me, but he didn't. And that's same, like, I feel like I'm depressed, I feel like I'm aggressive, but you didn't do anything, right? So you are not a killer, so fuck off. Go that's play with, you know, your friends. And that's bad, <laughs> but that is why you should not make serial killers <laughs> fun and romanticize them. Make them, because if I feel like I might kill someone again, um, <laughs> should I- Is that why you're here in the US? You that, left uh, Belarus? <laughs> should, should I think that oh no, I've seen what happens to these guys. I know they are bad. I should go seek help. I should not be one of them. Or that seems cool. They all make a movie about me and the girls will come to my court and send me uh, pictures of their feet. You know, <laughs> like, sure. like. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Um, it makes me wonder though, you know, like those places that are like the happiest countries in the world, like Bhutan or like some island in the Caribbean, like, or in the mm -hmm. Pacific uh, part of the, of, uh, of the world, like, are they happy? Cause they have no serial killers, you know, like, you know, you know, you only make like 10,000 a year, but like no one's killing anyone. But you're alive. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if we've had more serial killers cause we have more billionaires. I wonder if that's, you know, well, that's we need a, we need a, a, a a billy a serial killer who kills billionaires then then we can make them sexy hey, hey the metaverse then we can make them say are you a billionaire nadia <laughs> no but well, then what do you on. care what do you care uh <laughs> very cool well when the metaverse happens and we have a uh, neural link i bet you <laughs> there'll be many a serial killing over there yeah that's like no that's actually a really interesting point i think uh how many people will indulge in that fantasy Ooh. uh on something like sims or meta metaverse like we all have inside us like i never played uh you know grand theft auto or, or anything like that but i think if i did play it i would be uh i wouldn't kill any hookers i i, I just don't think it's in me even even in like uh the online world oh, i tip them i tip them Good. when i played oregon trail i would only shoot the squirrels i would never shoot the buffalo really? because i knew i was like that was wrong to shoot the buffalo Oh, but fuck the squirrels. And then your family starves to death. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Well, first of all, it was more challenging. The buffalo were too easy. And I have oh. I had a consistent fuck squirrels uh, policy my whole life. Nadia, thank you uh, for your time. Um, any listeners, if you know of anyone who is a serial killer, please, um, you know, you know tell them to knock them. it off. Uh, Give them Nadia's address. <laughs> yes. He'll help out. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Nadia, for your time. Um, be safe out there. Um, we can change your name if you feel uncomfortable. You feel like someone's gonna, you know, come at I you. I feel good. You, got, you know, you know jujitsu. Jujitsu will solve everything. So um, 
<laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Nadia. Thank you, Nadia. Yeah.